Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Nick. So we got a. We're going to start with uh, Jim Brown from California Bicycle Coalition, and then can you tell us who we have today? We have on the show today Sarah Amalar and John Riddle. They've written this great book, Where to Bike, Los Angeles. Uh, we're going to have them talk about their book. We're going to chat them up about their favorite rides in keeping with our show theme today, Choosing Your Ride. We're also going to hear from uh, Carol Feucht at the L.A. Um, the LACBC, Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. She's going to give us a news update, and I think we're going to start off with Jim Brown from California Bicycle Coalition. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning. So the California Assembly votes on Monday on the three-foot passing bill co-sponsored by CBC and the city of Los Angeles. Senate Bill 1464 would require drivers to give bicyclists at least three feet of clearance when passing them from behind in the same lane under most circumstances. Uh, the bill was up for a vote yesterday, but the Assembly didn't get through its agenda before adjourning for the week. If they approve the bill on Monday, the next stop is the governor's desk, probably right after Labor Day. Um, over the past week, probably 2,000 people have contacted their Assembly members to urge them to vote yes. If you want to send a message and you haven't done so, you can do so by going to calbike.org and clicking on the Advocacy tab, then uh, click on Safe Passing and scroll down to the link. It's uh, really quick and easy to do that. Okay. Also this week, the State Senate approved uh, increased fines for driving while texting and using uh, or using a handheld cell phone from $20 to $30 for the first offense and from $50 to $60 for the second offense. And these fines are the base fines set in state law. What a driver actually pays is higher uh, court and administrative fees are added. This is the third time uh, uh, they've tried to increase the fines for uh, cell phone use, uh, but Governor Brown and Governor Schwarzenegger both have vetoed similar bills over the last two years. Okay. Uh, this week in Los Angeles, or I'm sorry, this week in, in Long Beach, the city council unanimously approved a 10-year partnership with uh, Bike Nation from Tustin to operate Long Beach's privately funded bike sharing system that starts next year. Bike Nation is investing $10 million in the system, and Long Beach provides uh, space in public rights of way around town. Uh, bike Nation is the provider for Anaheim's bike-sharing pilot program, and they're also going to be operating the huge bike-sharing system that starts next year in Los Angeles. Uh, this fall at USC, uh, they'll begin testing portable metal barricades to designate bike lanes on Truesdale Parkway through the center of the campus south of downtown L.A., the goal of this project is to separate bicyclists from pedestrians. A recent student survey showed that nearly 25% of undergraduates collided with a bike in the past year and that 20% had no regular bicycling experience prior to riding on campus. And finally, uh, starting this month, bicyclists in Sunnyvale up near San Jose have the right to sue drivers for civil damages for harassing them while, while they ride in the city. The ordinance is modeled after uh, a similar ordinance enacted in Los Angeles last summer. Uh, Berkeley also has an anti-harassment ordinance. Uh, 
And that's what we got for news. I'll catch you guys next week. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, thanks Jim, for calling. That, You're welcome. That was Jim Brown, Communications Director of the California Bicycle Coalition. Great. And yesterday we caught up with Carol Foyt at the LACBC. She's the Membership and Communications Manager for LACBC, and she's got her finger on the local bike news. She also puts out a great weekly newsletter for LACBC uh, by email. Uh, highly recommended. So let's toss it over to Carol. August 28th at 6 p.m. The bike transportation plan is a product of several years of work by community members and city staff to create an extensive plan detailing bicycle infrastructure improvements in the city of Glendale. You can read the full plan at bikeglendale.org. One of our big action items, we're still encouraging people to send letters of support to create a better and safer Expo bikeway. Um, We've already received over 100 letters of support for, um, to improve the Expo bikeway in its phase two bikeway, which will take the Expo line all the way to Santa Monica. And you can find a copy of our sample letter on the LACBC blog. Um, in some infrastructure news, um, we have a couple of bike path closures that we just want to do all to know about. The Biona Creek bike path um, around Culver City will be closed starting Monday, August 27th through August 31st from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. between National Boulevard and Overland Avenue. One more news item out of Culver City, actually. Culver City received its first bike corral about a month ago on Washington and Jean. And now the city of Culver City is holding a celebration on Monday, August 27th at 10 a.m. So if you'd like to come out, there will be a little ribbon cutting, and you can grab a cup of coffee and hear from uh, local stakeholders and city council members. Uh, here in the city of L.A., Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition is really excited to be starting up our Neighborhood Bike Ambassador Program. Uh, this is a program that gets people involved with their local neighborhood councils to speak up on behalf of bike issues in the city of Los Angeles. So it'll also be really crucial in helping us implement the bike plan. Uh, we already had our first kickoff meeting actually in the Valley this week, but we have four other ones coming up in different regions. So like on Monday, the West meeting uh, taking place on Monday, August 27th at 7 p.m. The Central meeting will be happening on Tuesday, September 4th at 7 p.m. at the Hollywood Field Office, Hollywood Community Room, and the East meeting will be happening on Thursday, September 20th at the Flying Pigeon Bike Shop. One of our other, uh, one of our other rides coming up is actually our monthly Sunday Funday ride. We have a ride on the first Sunday of every month um, in different areas around the county. The next ride is actually going to be on September 2nd, and it's going to be the first Sunday Fun Gay ride, a celebration of bikes and gay LA. This bike, will, this bike tour will be led by LACBC board member Herbie Huff, and the ride will begin at Pershing Square, um, meeting up at 10 a.m., and the ride will head out at 10.30. Um, we'll also have special guest West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition talking about bike advocacy in their area. You can find more information, as always, on our website at la-bike.org. So you have John Riddle and Sarah Amalar on your show today. And just as a reminder, we'll be having a bike ride with them this Thursday, August 30th, in the South Bay. Um, it's both a ride and a book release party to celebrate their book, Where to Bike Los Angeles. The ride will be beginning at 5 p.m. at Page's Bookstore in Manhattan Beach. So we encourage you all to stop by. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. As a reminder, you can get updates um, by checking out our website at la-bike.org. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter there. It goes out every Thursday, and you'll get e-newsletter updates from me, Carol.
was that was Carol at LACBC, and we will go to a promo for another bike show. Take it away, Nick. Hey, bike racers and bike racing enthusiasts, check out Bike Sport Radio on alternate Mondays at noon on KillRadio.org. Bike Sport Radio is all about bike racing, bike racers, and what you need to race bikes. So if you want to find out about the local scene in Southern California as well as Northern Cal, visit BikeSportRadio.us and check out our radio show at Bike Sport Radio on KillRadio.org, alternate Mondays at noon. Today we have Sarah Amilar and John Riddle. Uh, they've published Where to Bike Los Angeles. It's a spiral-bound 81-route guide to riding the greater Los Angeles region from Santa Monica Mountains to Santa Clarita Valley, from Azusa to Long Beach. An incredible book. They surveyed 81 rides by bike with a GPS, recorded points of interest, restaurants, hidden gems, and enticing watering holes, they say. It's a real Bible of road riding for the Southern California area. Sarah Amalar uh, earned her master's from, uh, in architecture from Yale, went on to practice architecture, later became a senior editor at Architectural Record magazine. Her works appeared in Metropolis Dwell in the New York Times. She met John back in 2005, I think, on a bicycling, bicycling adventure in, in Southeast Asia. I think I have that right. All right, and John Riddle is a native Angelino. He earned a PhD in economics from UC Santa Barbara. He pedaled away from that, I guess, and never looked back. He completed four AIDS life cycles. Uh, these are fundraising rides, I think uh, a little over 500 miles in total. So he's definitely a long distance veteran. Also, he's crisscrossed uh, Spain, Burma, Thailand, Mexico, and France. I'm very envious. Uh, I want to ride in France myself. Uh, so he's living a long-distance dream. Today he leads an economic uh, consulting practice. We have him in the studio to talk about where to bike Los Angeles. Good morning, Sarah and John. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're, we're, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Uh, I have to say this, um, this book, Where to Bike Los Angeles, is a real, is a real achievement. It's, it's, a, it's not only informative, but it's, it's beautifully designed, it's beautifully mapped, and it's quite thorough. Tell us, how did the book come to be? Well, this is actually part of a series that's put out by a publisher called uh, Bicycling Australia. And um, they have put out a couple of bicycling magazines for over 20 years in Aus down under. And um, they, they started to do books um, in Australia, New Zealand, and London. And then they decided to break into the US market. So we responded to a tiny little ad in Craigslist. It turns out a lot of people responded, so we really had to audition. And um, that's where we started to kind of talk about how our very different backgrounds and talents dovetailed. So I'll let John tell about that. So I think what closed the deal with, um, with BA Press was um, we, you know, we're doing this interview in some hotel down in Redondo Beach. And it was just, it seemed like the interview was just winding up. And I just said, look, but let's cut to the chase. Let's talk about what this book would look like. And we had a, we had a road map where we had um, highlighted it. I mean, I think at that point we probably had 20 or 30 rides that we knew we wanted to be in the book. These are like LA County classics, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. rides in the Santa Monica Mountains, the South Bay bike path, uh, 
Marvin Brody bike path, um, all these things that are just classics. And so, so I think that really closed the deal with, um, with these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say uh, on the one hand, you know, you seize this great opportunity through this tiny uh, Craigslist ad, which is like, you know, uh, uh, total chance. But on the other hand, they got two great authors through a tiny Craigslist ad. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, I think that was, um, I think it was just, uh, it, was, it was fortunate that Sarah responded to the ad because it was just, the, it was the perfect project for, uh, for us to be doing. And it brought together um, our, our talents as authors and our passion for bicycling. And, you know, I have more of a journalistic background, um, but John did plenty of writing and, and turned out to be very good. He isn't just an economist, as I discovered. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, was that, you know, John, you did say he's a native Angeleno. He, he goes way back in Los Angeles, a native Southern Californian. He was oh, actually right. born out in the Mojave Desert. Oh, my um, gosh. All well, right. he was born in Needles, California, but actually that was the big city. They drove a uh, an hour or two so he could be born. <laughs> so he came from a teeny wow. place. So, but John has been here a long time and really has biked and actually also um, has coached the AIDS life cycle. Oh, okay. So um, he's very comfortable leading people on rides. I have been riding a long time, but um, you know, I'm a, I come from New York City, so I'm a different kind of rider. And um, in some ways, it was good for me because I was kind of the wide-eyed person who got to uh, explore my own city, um, sort of as a newcomer, not a total newcomer. So we, that's kind of, uh, you know, all kinds of people might read our books. Some people who are just visiting LA, some people who are new to the city, and some people who've been here a long time. So I think we brought those two different perspectives. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a left brain, right right brain complementarity. That's uh, a great way I, to put I, it. When I was looking through the bios, I realized, oh, you know, you guys bring totally different strengths, very complementary. But the book is also this um, this wonderful synthesis of the two. It's got a great narrative flow, and it's got it, it's got the symbol rich, you know, map driven format. Uh, which I think is just you know, essential in a, in a guidebook. I, I tend to prefer those kind of guidebooks. I like uh, the S Richard Saul Warman's Access Guides. Mm. They're my favorites. I've always kind of eschewed the Fodor travel guides, which are more kind of narrative. Mm. So I really love just having the resource, and then I just get, get and go. You know, and go. Mm -hmm. So I, I really liked it in that and, perspective. And um, there are apps that go with the book. John, can you talk about this? Sure. There's, um, currently, there is an iPhone app. Mm -hmm. which is uh, really slick. It basically um, is, you know, an iPhone app. Yep. And you, you're, you can select any of the uh, 51 adult rides, the rides for, for adults. I'm not sure it does kids' rides yet, but you just, you know, gives you the, the ride synopsis and it gives you a map. And, of course, the GPS function on uh, a smartphone lets you just pick up the route and it will it will cue your location to the route, and so you don't need turn by turn directions mm. on a smartphone. You can just follow the route. It's very slick. It's mm. very slick. It doesn't have any of the great photos that we've put in the book mm -hmm. or the, the the narrative, but you can at least pack a phone and go out and enjoy our rides. And, and once you're on the ride, you take your own photos. Yeah, yeah. of course, of <laughs> yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. Or open your own eyes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, you know, I'm from the old school where traveling with my Richard Saul Warman uh, access guide meant I had to do all that brain power myself, coordinating my, my location mm -hmm. on the map and orienting myself. And 
it's a different world today. It you is. Know, our phones do it for us. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Sarah, you're from New York City. I'm from New York City. I'm from Queens. I grew up in Queens. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, for years, I was an architectural photographer. In fact, I um, uh, used to date a woman from architectural record called Julie, or maybe it was progressive architecture. Now it's been a long time ago. But but yeah, I worked you know in that, that business would for architecture. That be a long time ago. Yeah, yeah for, uh, I worked in that business for a while. Um, there's a uh, there's a section in the beginning of the book that uh, says on the road in LA it's a little bit about how to ride LA so yeah. you're from New York City you're used to riding in New York City presumably mm-hmm. you come out here what differences do you see well one dis- difference is that the distances are really really vast here I know New York City is sort of big if you think about all the boroughs but somehow there's a compactness that LA doesn't exactly have um, uh, one of the differences is one of the differences is that you know we have these fabulous beach paths here mm. and I know that they're widely known but it's an incredible amenity so you can go these long distances on bike paths the other thing that's interesting here um, are the rivers and you know the rivers are controversial I mean they almost don't even look like rivers and they're not entirely beautiful although there are some beautiful passages which we do want to tell mm-hmm. everyone about but so they, they were concretized you know um, in the 1930s uh, but um, they do provide this incredible way of getting through vast stretches of the city without going through traffic, and New York doesn't really have that. So this is something that I think surprises some people who are not from L.A. A lot of people said to us, L.A. on two wheels, you've got to be kidding. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we're not kidding. Mm-hmm. So, no. John, maybe you want so, to talk about that. So I've, I've biked quite a bit in, in New York, and um, what I would... I would actually love to pirate something from New York and bring to Los Angeles. And I'm reminded of this ride we do all the time when we're in New York, which is the, it's on the west side of the Hudson River, north of the George Washington Bridge. It's it's through part of New Jersey, and then it blends back into New York. They have these wonderful trees. I mean, you know, they have these elms and oaks and whatever growing over the bikeways and the, the roads that it just, it's, it's like riding a, a, a tree-lined country road. And we really don't have much like that here. We're mm-hmm. a little bit more arid. Mm-hmm. And so, so I would like to pirate that. Mm-hmm. We're arid, but actually, you know, for me, there was a lot of discovery in doing this book. Uh, because there were places, I think that a lot of us have a tendency just to bike, well, our commuter routes or what's in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Our backyard happens to be Bayona Creek and the beach, so we have biked that a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. And for me, this was fantastic to go to places like the Santa Clarita Valley or San Pedro, places that I just hadn't been. And um, so... Um, I mean, I think that the challenge here in L.A. is that we tend to stay in our little areas, our neighborhoods, the places where we're comfortable. We, you know, ride the routes that we're familiar with. I know I do. I kind of do this regular Beverly Hills, Crosstown thing, Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, Beverly Hills to here at the Kill Radio Studios or to Glendale or, you know, I've got, mm-hmm. kind of got my well-worn paths. Your book is a challenge and challenge 50 routes. Yes. Here's the challenge. Like, you're laying down the gantlet. 50 adult routes, and, and adult we should talk routes. about how there are 30 kids' routes. But what I was going to say was that when we have explored, when I've gotten to explore the city this way, which was really sort of a, a blessing, a gift, um, you know, I got to see how many microclimates there are. Mm. And, for, for example, we are... We're coming from Culver City, and I didn't think about how close we are to, say, Beverly Hills. And that is a different climate, partly because they have 
lawns and it's cooler. It's suddenly we're in a different place. Mm -hmm. And so and then we go to really arid places like, you know, Santa Clarita and or the coast is, is so different. And that's an amazing thing about LA. We don't have such variety in New York as, mm -hmm. as we have in LA with mountains and coast. And then there's the really urban riding, which we should also talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean I think there's a I think both cities share a kind of a survivability Ethos, you know, you're on two wheels, and in, in whether it's New York City or um, or Los Angeles, more so than other cities, and you really feel like, well, you're kind of a pioneer. Firstly, you know, you're, mm -hmm. at, the, you're at the leading edge, but you also got to kind of got to be Mad Max out there, and, and you know, make sure that you don't get killed. And I think that breeds a certain kind of a road skills, and also sometimes a certain kind of a uh, an attitude that I think is 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 help what helps propel our uh, bike culture out here. Mm -hmm. You know, I think our bike culture couldn't take root here, or the one that's uh, the culture that's that brews in New York City couldn't take root without that adversity. That's true. Well, one thing that that we were when we were, were worked out the arrangement with our, our with the publisher with BA Press, they had a particular set of um, ideas they had in mind for the book, like what a target the target audience would be. I know this is sounding kind of kind of technical and it's important, yeah, but. They, they wanted us to, to craft rides, to curate rides that would be appealing to from, from beginners to intermediate riders. And so as we put this book together, we really, we spent hours and hours studying every resource, including actually getting out and just riding thousands and thousands of miles, literally, finding, a, finding routes that would be as, as least dangerous at least mm. it, the least mad max type approach that we could find and so so we have many of our rides that are exclusively bike lane exclusively bike path or they go out into the to the further reaches of los angeles county that are fabulously beautiful and at the same time low car traffic mm -hmm. low traffic mm -hmm. and so they so we we hope that people's people our readers look at this as a um uh, an introduction to, to to places to ride in Los Angeles County mm -hmm. that aren't downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I think the book does a really great job at talking about the character of the ride. So you you have this this area at the at the top that's an at a glance. It's kind of a it's kind of narr uh, it's it's kind of a narrative. Um, uh, look at the individual ride, but then you've got you've got you break it down into ride scale, like where you rate the ride on. I think it's a, a one to five uh, right rating, and that's about distance, climbing, and surface, the riding surface. You've got a ride classification: is it park? Is it urban? Is it coastal? You've got facility. You, you know the facilities: is it a bike lane? Is it a bike path? Is it off road? So I live in in Beverly Hills. I'm looking at a ride that's. Um, um, uh, that's a, a hard surface. It's a, it's an urban ride and it's an on-road ride. There's no bike lanes in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking for a ride, you've kind of diced and sliced all these rides, the 50 adult rides at least, in a way that helps me as a beginner cyclist or as an intermediate decide, do I want to take that San Pedro mm -hmm. ride? And then you, you also, because you, you've you really dug down into each of these areas, you give us some of the local lore, some of the local sites, I think it's a really impressive book in that in the in the breadth and the depth. So Thanks. How did you how did you do the this is Nick. How did you do the um, elevation? Did you have a like a app? The GPS. We had a GPS strapped on the handlebar.
of ours, and it recorded all of that, yeah. And so it also recorded the turn by Tim turn, which made the maps very accurate because we looked at, you know, other bike books that had been written even for other cities and read reviews. And sometimes people said, you know, they gave us the wrong turns and we don't want to do that to our riders. So these are, you know, we were fortunate that the technology has come such a long way that we were able to be very specific. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a process, uh, just, just briefly, we would, we would usually reconnaissance a ride, you know, just not even anything more than just hop on our bikes, go for a ride, and just look to see what's there. We'd come home, make some notes, think about it some more, and then we'd go out with our GPS on the bike, and so we'd GPS exactly where we were gonna be going, and then all that data, that GPS file, goes to the publisher, and the publisher then you know, magically massages it and fusses around with it, and we get the maps in the book. It gives us the data on the distances and the elevation gain and all that good stuff. So it's so it's kind of scientific. Mm -hmm. No, it's it, it seems very scientific. Uh, uh, we we're talking today with Sarah uh, Amalar and John Riddle. They're authors of Where to Bike Los Angeles, a, a guide to 50 adult and 31 kids rides here in the uh, greater LA region, and I do mean greater. LA region. You guys take a real expansive uh, look at the at the region, and it's great. <laughs> and it is it, great. It is, and it and it is a, a great a great region. We hear great things about what's happening in uh, San Francisco and New York City. You know, um, and Vancouver also. The way they've kind of opened up their periphery, their perimeters. You know, the water mm -hmm. proximate areas to make a continuous bike path around these areas. But what's what's just amazing in Los Angeles is. As Sarah, you said earlier, we, were, we, we have got this incredibly topographically diverse area that's just shot through with boulevards and rivers, and then it's interrupted by mountains, and it mm -hmm. creates incredible mm -hmm. variety. Mm -hmm. I was looking at your San Pedro ride because that's such an interesting part of the city, but kind of, you know, less visited part of the city. Undervalued, I think. Totally undervalued, yeah. Uh, and I looked at that ride in particular because as I imagine riding down there, and I, I haven't yet, but as, as I'm looking at your ride, I'm thinking, geez, what is there to see in San Pedro? The things that I appreciate about San Pedro is the real history, but that might not come forward uh, unless a cyclist is really looking for the history. But uh, you tell us a little bit about the local lore. It's right there by the port. You wrap us around the point uh, for the views of the Pacific. Tell me, how did, how did you actually find the time to look at San Pedro and look at Azusa and look at, you've got some of the mountain rides. You go up to the, the rock store in Santa Monica Mountains. Where on earth do you find the time? It's, it's impossible for me to find the time to even start to tackle the book, much less write it. Um, we, we gave up our entire rest of our lives for about, a, for about an eight month period to write this. We, we did have to continue our day jobs actually, yeah. but. <laughs> but. But I mean, that's it, partly, partly in jest, but we, we, no kidding, spent eight solid months, and the only thing we would do other than our day jobs was this. Every Saturday, every Sunday, afternoons, evenings, um, it, was, it was a lot of work. And it was a labor of love, and there were some moments where, where the labor was the operative word, <laughs> yeah. but love also came out, <laughs> oh, too. Oh, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I imagine at some point um, you maybe got tired of riding around the region and doing and doing more than just riding, doing the hard work, digging well, for yes. for these nuggets. It, 
it was also, we got to the, we were so happy we were done, and we said, actually, we can do rides that aren't work rides. We can just <laughs> ride, <laughs> which I is bet. what our readers will get to do. Well, well I'd, also, I'd also add that I, uh, it doesn't take much to get me out on a bicycle. Uh-huh. So, so it might have seemed like work, but, but getting outside on a, on a bike to do these was, was always fun. It was, there was, at some level, there was always the joy of being outside on a bike, seeing L.A., mm-hmm. So it was, it was never truly, truly 110% suffering. It was oh, always yeah, fun. Yeah. And, and um, also part of the process was that we were asked to do all the photos. So um, after we did the rides, we often had to go back and do the photos because it kind of broke things up too much sometimes if you're trying to record and you don't want to backtrack on your bike and do things like that. So, um, yeah, that was a big piece of it. And then the other thing was that we really hadn't done kids rides ourselves in Los Angeles so we had to understand uh. what a kids ride was and our our publisher had already told us that part of the criteria was that you know a good a great kids ride will have the option of parents riding with the kids but it will also have the option of parents maybe sitting on a great bench and having a latte and watching the kids from there so that was another thing and safety was a huge thing interest fun so we would go around, we spoke to park personnel, we spoke to cops, we spoke to kids and parents, and park personnel and cops would sometimes say, uh, well, you know, it isn't officially allowed, but you can do this. We're like, no, 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 that's not in our book. We're not telling people to break the rules. They do that on their own, but mm-hmm. not with our leadership. And the other thing was, they would say, oh, just have them ride in the parking lot. We're like absolutely not <laughs> so we had to find fun rides and some of th- and we really did because some of them actually uh, you're asking how long it took or you didn't ask how long it took but you know about the process it took longer than we anticipated because it was so much work and um so one of the good things about that was that we would have missed certain parks that got completed um oh, al- yeah, toward right. the end right like la civic park uh uh, is a recent addition, but maybe are you thinking about anything in particular? Well, yes, I'm thinking of one of our absolute favorite kids' rides, which is Wilmington Waterfront Park. Ah. Do you know that one? Uh, no, but I can say Wilmington is undervalued. It is, and that one is, um, well, I guess it's in Wilmington, but it's bordering San Pedro. Is that right, John? Would you say? Yeah, it's, I think it's, um, it overlooks the uh, one of the new um, uh Docks that were created by one of the Chinese um, shipping companies. So it's so it's the furthest. I think it's the furthest one north. So it's right on the, uh, the right. border of, of Wilmington, Wilmington and, and San Pedro. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so many things are cool about that park. Mm. One of the things it's a very long, thin park, so kids can actually cover distance, and it has actually a lot of um, elevation change. There there are high roads and low roads, and there I think there are two bridges. There are lots of water features, mm-hmm. so kids can actually bike through water. Wow. In some of the, it's yeah. very Cool. It sounds like a French park, actually. You know, Even better. Uh, <laughs> Even yeah, better. Good. And one of the things that I love about this park also was that it isn't disconnected from its context. So they have those um, huge binoculars like you would have for looking at you know, the Statue of Liberty that usually you have to put some coins in. That type. But they're free. Oh, and, wow. the, and they're low. So the kids can stand there and they can watch the um, loading and unloading at the San Pedro docks, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and I want to add one other park that there are many parks where they have interesting things next to them for kids. Like there's a park which is uh, called uh, Clover Park, which is in Santa Monica. And that park is right next to the Santa Monica Airport. Mm-hmm. And so 
a lot of kids love, actually a lot of adults love watching those little planes take off and sure, land. Sure, sure. And then one cool thing in that park is they have a, actually they have a tiny little um, bikes, uh, like a velo circuit. It's really for oh, like, wow. oh, it's for, it's really for the uh, plastic trike set. You know, it's really mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. tiny thing. But overlooking that is a, um, well, it's sort of a combi- cross between a jungle gym and an air traffic control tower. Wow. So that c- it's, right. it's actually like an air traffic control tower, but it's all caged in. So kids can climb up maybe 20-odd feet and be completely safe and look down, which is something very rare in a park. Wow. That's, that's, that's terrific. Uh, you know, shout out to the mayor. When he took office, uh, I guess about seven years ago or so, uh, Wilmington was a priority. And I imagine the park you're talking yeah. about is direct outgrowth from from his focus on that area you know as as long as we're shouting out to the mayor and to to the planning uh folks throughout the entire county what we noticed in doing the kids rides in the book is that there are hundreds of parks in los angeles and in los angeles county but very few of them are open to to kids on bicycles Mm -hmm. and or officially so well Right, right. I mean, so you can't break the law. You can't in- encourage kids to break the law. But in, in sw- what we were struck by is how few places there are for families to take their kids to do something more than just a circle in the driveway. Right. And, and we looked, I think we almost literally looked at every park in, in the city of Los Angeles and a good number of the parks in Los Angeles County to find places. And it was really hard. So that tells me, tells us, that that while we're making great strides in bike lanes and bike paths for adults, we need to think about what we can do to make this a better place for kids to ride. Because learning to bicycle is almost a rite of passage. I mean, I learned to ride a Stingray. I think Sarah learned similarly. We've all a been... A Raleigh three-speed. Right, a Raleigh three-speed. We've all been through that. It's kind of what we do as kids and you look at Los Angeles and you think where would I want to take a child to teach them how to how to bicycle there, there are few options and so I hope the mayor is listening hope our planning officials are listening let's build more for kids right and, and also right. what we found by and large and this is really a rule of thumb which is does get broken some of the time but we we're more likely to find kids rides in county parks than we would in city parks so if it was LA County uh, kids riding or riding was officially permitted but often in city parks it was not oh i see interesting well yeah i think you what you both are saying is there's so much upside yet to realize here you know we're making great progress on some of the facilities and now we just need to go that extra mile so to speak and and look and see what we can put in place for for kids and parks Uh, uh, but by the way i want to mention another really nice uh, a very different kids park from what we mentioned is lacy park which is a very um it's kind of a fancy park. One? It's in San Marino, which is oh, you know, okay. a fancy neighborhood. It's sort of a European-style park, and um, that is an awfully pleasant place. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about Where to Bike Los Angeles on KPFK and Kill Radio.
right, that was Blue Bicycle, lovely tune. And we're <laughs> sitting here with Sarah Amilar and John Riddle, authors of Where to Bike Los Angeles, talking about their book, talking about how to choose a ride uh, in Los Angeles. So I've got one question. One of the things that, uh, one of the features that I really liked about your book was the linked ride concept. So I'm looking at ride number 39, my uh, hometown Beverly Hills. That's the ride that's uh, Beverly Hills, Starlet's Heroes and Villains. And I can see that that's linked to a couple of other rides. So if I'm on that ride, I can just see what rides are, are nearby or mm -hmm. what rides I can embark on. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you, do, how you organize your process of reaching out to all these areas in the city. At some point you had to link these rides before they before you actually did them. Was it totally organic or did you sit down with push pins? How did you link the rides in your own head in writing the book? Um, I think, well, the push pin thing's an interesting idea. I wish I'd known about that when we were doing the book. <laughs> um, I think, you know, as I remember the way we started the book, and I think the way we started and the way we ended up was kind of a, a different, is kind of a, a study in, in process, how you kind of learn as you go along. But the first thing we started with was a AAA map and a highlighter. And I think we just went through and said, what do we know? And we just started drawing these. And then if you, if you stand back and look at Los Angeles County, it's, it's huge, f something like 4,000 square miles. And so we'd done these highlighted rides and we'd stand back 10 feet and look at this map and there were just little teeny pockets of rides because this county is so huge and so then we started thinking okay what can we put in what can we do to um, to to connect these and to fill in the, the missing spaces but we were all we also had yet another level we were working on and that is tying the rides to public transportation principally the evolve our evolving metro system mm -hmm. and we so we really wanted to to think of ways to to connect in like our Beverly Hills ride okay what we really had in mind was a ride that started in Culver City and went through Beverly Hills and came back to Culver City because of a metro station but we thought wait a minute let's make Beverly Hills a, a ride and then we'll take another ride that goes from there to UCLA and that UCLA ride connects to San Vicente and San Vicente connects to Pacific Coast Highway so you can start at Culver City go through these two or three neighborhoods and in a two or three hours you're in Malibu mm -hmm. all on our rides and all on fairly safe mm -hmm. riding conditions mm -hmm. PCH of course is probably the exception which is really something that is a whole different type of riding environment right. but except for that you can get from downtown Los Angeles by metro to the beach on some really safe rides riding streets mm -hmm. we also of course worked with the LA bike map the existing bike routes and that was very helpful um, with, in connecting to public transportation we always had the idea that um, some people may get tired and they may want to put their bike on a bus or on you know another conveyance and we wanted to give them that option and some people don't want to do a round trip so there was that possibility as well on many rides right and in every rides at a glance section you talk about there's a there's a little uh, paragraph how to get there that mm -hmm. talks about what the mass transit options but there's also at the beginning of the book there's a, a whole section on public transportation you know for, right. for folks who 
um, maybe are thinking about coming to LA for a vacation or they're gonna move here or they wanna see what the, what the ride situation mm -hmm. is, you give a whole, I wanna say it's a two-page kind of a gatefold uh, overview of the public transportation system mm -hmm. here, which really is, which in, in Where to Bike Los Angeles, which is really a, um, uh, a great kind of heads up for those of us who maybe don't follow the bike scene, but it, for those of us who do, we know Metro has been a real kind of a driver, mm -hmm. um, moving active transportation forward and uh, bike carriers on every bus, I mean, mm -hmm. literally on every bus. And um, every uh, rail station is a, or many of them are, are designated as bike hubs. So you yeah. properly shout out public transportation in LA and, and Sarah, as you were just talking about, it, that becomes an essential part of the ride. It does, and also um, bike routes developed um, because of some of this new infrastructure, this transportation, for example, um, you know, uh, the Orange Line. I mean, there's a whole bike route there that came about um, in conjunction with the new transportation route, and mm -hmm. same with the Expo Line. Yeah, I was going to say the Expo Line was, I was, I was dying to get the Expo Line built to Culver City because I'm just thinking, you know, if I want to go for a ride in, like one of my favorite rides is, is Glendora Mountain Road, which is way out north of Azusa. I love riding up in the San Gabriel Mountains. And I'm thinking, well, you know, when the metro to Culver City opens, I can take the metro to downtown, go out to Pasadena, go out to Sierra Madre, and then I can ride up to San, up, up into the San Gabriel Mountains and then come home the same way. So I've, I've left my car at home for yet another day. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I'm just I was so thrilled to get the expo line out to, to Culver City. Yeah, that's a real kind of beachhead for, yeah. for mass transit. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, we're here talking with John Riddle and Sarah Amalar, authors of Where to Bike Los Angeles. John, you just mentioned one of your favorite rides um, up Glendora Road. It, Glendora, it, Glendora Mountain Road. Glendora Mountain Road up uh, north of Azusa, I think, which is in the northeast. That's like at the northeast corner of your of, of your book's kind of uh, mm -hmm. scope. It's also sort of at the extreme end of, of how advanced the ride is. That's a pretty uh, challenging that's ride. That's good to know. Because yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of climbing. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, for advanced riders. Well, or, or ones that have big quads yes <laughs> or big gears or or, yeah, or, or easy big, yeah, big chain yeah, rings. Yeah, exactly yeah. exactly but yeah. it's gorgeous it's actually one of the most beautiful rides and sarah do you have a favorite ride maybe that you'd pluck from the book well there are lots that i like um i'm always a big fan of palos verdes peninsula pv is just so gorgeous and i know that donut is a classic ride that is a ride that also involves climbing but they're they're flatter rides uh that kind of take you around the lower part of pv which are totally worth doing uh for me we talked about earlier how interesting it was to get a closer look at um san pedro because they're they're it's, it's really fabulous. It's got this old lighthouse, which some people said to me reminds them of New England. Um, which Point Furman. Point Furman, mm -hmm. right, which originally had um, a woman lighthouse keeper, for whatever that's worth. And uh, that's worth a lot. It yeah, is, exactly. I think so, yes. <laughs> um, one of the things that fascinated me was that within Los Angeles County, uh, there are a couple places where you can actually bike in, not even very far, and you can camp out legally by a stream, or you can rent a little state-owned cabin, and uh, one of those is our West Fork of the San Gabriel Ride, where that's, that's great because it gives you an opportunity to see the San Gabriel River not concretized. Mm -hmm. It's actually totally wild there. It's really lovely. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a seven-mile ride in, and you can, you can camp. Mm -hmm. And um, another mm -hmm. one I think is called Waterfall. 
is it called Waterfall State Park uh, near oh, the one Monroe, behind Monrovia, Rovia, where they have cabins that are state owned. You can rent. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Amazing. But one of the things that was kind of fun, which is on the other end of the spectrum, was, you know, we do have some rides that go through places like downtown. And uh, we there, there was a certain format with this book because it is part of a series. So we, we had a word count limit. And we found that there were so many um, pl- points of interest that were either, you know, historic or culinary landmarks or other things like that. Um, and so we basically said, okay, we're just going to list it. We're going to that for that one ride. We said this is going to be a rolling smorgasbord. Mm. All this stuff is over your handlebars. So sometimes we had a little line about what it was, but um, and then the other thing I want to mention was uh, we really wanted to bring people to Watts Towers because that is such an incredible, iconic, amazing landmark. thing mm-hmm. landmark exactly in LA, and that was not easy. Um, we think Compton Creek, we didn't put that in the book because we think it needs a lot more attention and love from the city. We didn't feel it was that safe. We felt there was so much garbage, like mattresses and things strewn in it. Mm. So that would maybe be in a later edition. So we had to find another way. It's not the most scenic route, but what we did was we also put that along a metro line so that people always had the option of hopping on on the, the light rail if they preferred that. Mm. So it was, a, it was a safe route from the Long Beach area up to Watts Towers, and we were you know, really thrilled to get people there by bike. Yeah. yeah, I think that ride is, even though it goes right through you know, Watts and Compton and those uh, South LA communities, that it's, it's probably 85% on bike lanes or on a bike path. So you can go from Metro to Watts Towers in a, um, in a, in a fairly safe riding environment. Oh, and it just occurs to me, another ride that for us was kind of a hidden ride, um, but it's not far from the center, is um, the Hollywood Reservoir. A lot of people don't get there, and it's just this beautiful pocket, you know, of wilderness. Um, We know the fence is a little off-putting because, you know, they do protect the reservoir, but, um, I mean, that certainly didn't ruin the ride for us. And John... Uh, wrote, did the write-up on that ride, and, and I kind of love what he said. He talks about how we, we bring Hollywood and architecture into a lot of these rides, and in that one, he talked about how um, that fence was actually a celebrity in its own right because it had appeared in Chinatown. And how did you put this, John? So, so, so basically, I mean, if you remember, there's this one scene in in Chinatown, and it's it's Roman Polanski's cameo role. He plays this thug that bas- that throws. Uh, Jack Nicholson uh, up against the fence and, and slices his nose. Knife wielding thug. Well, I was getting to that chicken leather. <laughs> I chicken leather. <laughs> and so he takes he takes his little penknife and just just takes a divot out of Jack Nicholson's nose. That fence that he's throwing him up against is the fence that uh-huh. protects us from from the Hollywood Reservoir. So it's so it was it was a, a little. Uh, I mean it's. Hollywood Reservoir. We're right above Hollywood. It's got the whole classic. Yeah, oh, exactly. And, and you're unbelievably close to the sign, which is the Hollywood sign, yeah. which is kind of an interesting moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is absolutely beautiful there. Uh, we'll say one thing about that one. There, there had been some landslides a, a few years ago, hmm. so that will one day we hope be a loop again. Now it's a there and back, but it's still a yeah. nice, a really relaxing. Uh, oasis and a very lovely short ride and it's it's five or six miles all the way around and there's plenty of parking it's fairly level so it and and 
a good part of it is is closed to automobiles. So so there's parts of the ride that are certainly suitable for families to take kids on, and it's just a just a lovely environment to be in. And, and I was also fascinated sometimes by the juxtaposition in LA between downtown and almost wilderness. So you get that a lot when you're uh, in Griffith Park. So let's say you're up at the observatory and you're looking, you see. Excuse me, the tall buildings of downtown, and um, but you're right at the edge of wilderness. And we had our cross, our path crossed by, well, sometimes more than one coyote on a ride. We saw snakes. There's a mountain lion up there, and that's so accessible. That's pretty fabulous. Yeah, that's one of our kind of defining features here is that topographical variety, and, and we're all just living together in this really incredible, you know, landscape. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Palos Verdes Peninsula, which is kind of a, uh, maybe unless you're an L.A.-based, you know, uh, kind of sports cyclist, you might not get down there too often. But it's really, it, it's, it's a beautiful area, kind of at the southern end of some of our uh, Pacific fronting beach communities. I know you've got an appearance coming up in, um, is it Manhattan Beach? Yes. Tell us about that. That's this Thursday, is that right? Yeah, it's, um, we were invited to do an event at Pages. It's a bookstore in um, Manhattan Beach, just a couple blocks up from the Manhattan Beach Pier. Uh, the, the, one of the co-owners of the business is a bicyclist, and we're going to be uh, meeting there 5 o'clock Thursday, the August 30th. We're going to have a short, oh, 90-minute or so bike ride through the South Bay just to see some of the sights and experiences there. And then we'll rendezvous back at the bookstore for a slideshow and a refreshments and book event. A book event, great. And, and we'll say about that ride. Um, that, you know, if we'd love people to join us on the ride. We don't want them to expect, you know, the most challenging ride. That's going to be sort of a beach stroll <laughs> on mm-hmm. a bike. Mm-hmm. That'll be a lovely, leisurely evening ride. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we hope we can introduce people. There, you know, it's a lot of familiar territory. It's one of the most famous rides in LA. But we hope we can introduce people to some things that maybe they didn't know about already. No doubt. Yeah, I was going to say you can you can leave your Pinarello at home and bring your beach cruiser. It's that kind of ride. Terrific. And yeah. that, it's that kind of town, Manhattan Beach is that prototypical Southern California beach community, total leisure feeling. The, the beach is, you know, as wide as all get out, volleyball nets, the, it's got the pier. It's a lovely place. I mean, you might even get me down there on Thursday. Please, mm. please, come we along. Love it, yeah. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. Well, why don't we... Um, why don't we toss it, since we're talking about maps and since we're uh, talking about choosing routes, and since one of the, one of the, the, the most um, impressive aspects of your book, Where to Bike Los Angeles, is the mapping and the symbols. Um, uh, I had it in mind, well, let's, let's look at uh, another map that's out there. Adventure Cycling Association puts out a series of longer-distance ride maps, kind of like the long-distance analog to Where to Bike Los Angeles. They're beautiful maps. Uh, that's a, I guess, an advocacy and a touring organization. Uh, so they're really focused on getting folks uh, on the road also. I spoke with Melissa Thompson there, who's actually their GIS specialist. And she um, puts these maps together very much the same way you talked about. They go out there with a GPS and they start taking coordinates. They turn it over to the tech folks, of which she is one of their tech folks. And, and then they turn out these incredible maps. So if we're ready, we'll uh, we'll go to Melissa. We caught up with her uh, yesterday, Melissa. just as she was headed out Good of town. Good afternoon, Mark. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do there at Adventure Cycling? Um, we ask 
our membership where they would like to see maps, and then we um, go out and try to find bicycle-friendly routes around those areas and then create a map of, of roads to ride and then services that are nearby that cyclists would find useful. What makes for a good bike route? So what we do in the beginning stages of this is uh, contact local cyclists um, who have been riding these routes for a long time, um, and then you know also find bicycle maps of the area to find out what different cities and um, larger governmental agencies have designated as bike routes. So we get suggestions um, from these different places, and then we take those suggestions along with maps out on the road and look for things like um, traffic, um, a smaller amount of traffic where it's possible, good shoulders, good road surf surface, um, routes that have services that you know are relatively close together. And when you when you're talking about Eastern California, it's definitely relative. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but try to find places where you know somebody on a bicycle will be able to find water <laughs> along the way. So those are the main things. The maps usually range like three to four hundred miles in scope or scale. Is that about right? Um, yes. And then those maps are often part of a series that link together. Um, and we have, for example, three cross-country routes. The one 500-mile map will connect to another 500-mile map, will connect to another one to make a route that goes all the way across the country. Um, so we have a whole network, and then they all interconnect with each other also. We list out different services that would be useful for cyclists, so exactly like what you were saying, um, hotels and campgrounds and restaurants um, and all those types of services that would be useful to cyclists. And then in cities, we figure, um, you know, they're in a city, you can find it. So we just list, once we get to a city, we say, okay, this city has all services. You can find anything you need here. So let's say I'm looking to take a bike tour. I'm going to be flying into, say, Denver, Colorado. Has Adventure Cycling really uh, done my homework for me as a bike traveler? Have they chosen the most effective route? We certainly try to. Um, one thing that's a little tricky about it is is that road conditions are constantly changing. Um, so the input from our users is incredibly useful for us. Um, users, as they're on the road, will tell us about things like, oh, there's construction that's blocking this route and we need to go around. Um, and because our maps right now are in printed format, it takes us a little while in between updates to get everything updated and then reprint a whole set of maps. So what we do in the meantime is when we get a note um, from a cyclist, like there's construction blocking this way, or there was a landslide and now you can't get through this direction, then we um, try to find another route. And online, we have something called addenda. So from the last printing of the map, any any changes or issues or services that have closed, those types of things will list in this addenda. So we recommend 
that um, users, before they go on the road, they download these addenda to get the most up-to-date information. I know Adventure Cycling offers um, package tours as well. And mm -hmm. um, there are other organizations that offer tours, but I'm a kind of a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy. <laughs> I've always just you know grabbed a handful of maps and then set out where I was going and then just kind of worked it out from there on the fly. That's what I uh -huh. really liked about the Adventure Cycling maps was that uh, so much of the the hard work is done. Someone someone like you has gone out there, you know, they've looked at the conditions and kind of the inventoried opportunities for refreshments or taking breaks, perhaps even scenic points. And then package it into what's really um, a beautiful map. H how do you make a map? What exactly do you do when you sit down, I guess, at a computer terminal? <laughs> um, so I take we are starting to collect our data using a GPS unit. Um, so I take the data that was collected from a GPS unit and clean up the data. We make decisions about which routes we want, and then um, a lot of just picking how you want the map to look, figuring out just how to fit all the information that we want to show people on a clean, neat-looking map. Well, I could see the challenge. So I want to thank you so much, Melissa, for taking your mm -hmm. time today and telling us a little bit about how these wonderful adventure cycling maps come to be. Great. Well, thank you, Mark. Bye. All right, so that was Melissa Thompson. She's a GIS specialist and cartographer with Adventure Cycling. Um, that's a great organization. You know, it's um, for an individual, it's a $40 annual membership. For a family, you get this incredible bargain at 50 bucks. They've got um, just a slew of these long-distance ride maps and a lot of other stuff, a lot of information on their, on their site. So definitely check out Adventure Cycling Association. And uh, thanks to Melissa for uh, catching up with us yesterday. So we're, uh, we're back in the studio with John Riddle and Sarah Amilar, authors of Where to Bike Los Angeles. And we're going to uh, toss it to them for a little bit of a wrap-up of our first hour. And then in the second hour, we're just going to freewheel it with a little conversation with John and Sarah. So you guys have a Thursday event coming up in Manhattan Beach. And Mention that again. Sure. Uh, Thursday, um, August 30th at Page's Bookstore. It's on Manhattan Avenue, a couple blocks up from the pier. Uh, start off around 5 o'clock with a bike ride, and then we'll be back at the bookstore about 7 for a book event, refreshments, slideshow, and... Um, fun. 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 And, and right. we say, you know, people are welcome to join us for... Just part of the events or all of the events, whatever people like, they're welcome. Terrific. And, and I'd also like to, 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 to say that we're, this, this event on Thursday night is the first of what we hope to be a monthly ride series that we're co-sponsoring, co-producing, and co-hosting with the Los Angeles uh, County Bicycle Coalition. Our working title, our working idea for this ride is called uh, Touring Los Angeles County with LACBC and Where to Bike. And it's, it's just a natural extension of the book where we have these 50 adult rides, 51 adult rides, and all these kids' rides. And so, so we can be the tour guides. And our plan is to just do rides out of the book or rides that build on what's in the book to, to introduce people to the five corners of LA County, five or six corners or however many there happen to be in this wonderful county. And so we'll, um, and those uh, will be publicized on the LACBC website and 
on the book's website, which is wheretobikelosangeles, spelled out, dot com. Oh, and we also have a Facebook page. And about that series, um, we hope that the rides will be quite varied, not just geographically, but also in terms of level of difficulty and you know, who might be the, the target audience, like some will be more kid and family oriented, some will be more urban, some will be more um, mountainy, uh, more coastal, um, but really exploring different neighborhoods. Some might be more food oriented. We don't know yet. Yeah. Terrific. Well, great. I mean, LACBC is doing great things for, for cycling here in the Southland. Yeah. But we're not, I, I don't really think of myself as much of a, uh, a person that can stand before city councils or planning commissions and advocate for 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 more bicycling infrastructure but where I thought my strength was is is writing about where people can bicycle in Los Angeles and do it safely and just basically tell the world hey Los Angeles is not this gridlock of automobiles that there is room here for bicycles and there's room to do it safely and enjoyably and to see this this wonderful county of ours so We've always thought of where to bike Los Angeles as our contribution to advancing the cause of bicycling. And this program with the Bike Coalition is just, is just our way of taking what we've learned in the book and, and sharing it with the world. Great. Well, we'll wrap up our first hour, hour. Well said, John Riddle and Sarah Amalar, authors of Where to Bike Los Angeles. And we thank you on behalf of Chicken Leather, uh, Nicholas, and myself, Mark Elliott. We wish you a good day. B-I-K-E-K-E-L-K.